Reclaimed Audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome to Reclaimed Audio. I am your host, David Picciuto, and as always, I have Phil Pinsky and Tim Sway with me. What's going on, man? Um, hey, how are you this week? Uh, very good, very good. Uh, what, what's well, that noise? Uh, Wait, uh, hang on. I hear a noise. Uh, Wait, you know what? Well, 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 first of all, it was my idea to bring the David on the show. Why am I always being left out? I thought I it was your idea for me to replace you. Oh, you! Oh, for crying out loud! Thanks. See, I knew that was going to happen. I got to. I got to read these. I, I got to read the weekly contracts better because oh. it's usually what happens. They I've already cast the check. Oh, for <laughs> Lord's sake! And it was a sizable one. <laughs> Wait, yeah, that's the one they told me to mail to you. That was my check. I had to pay you oh. to be on the show. You're making some good money. <laughs> <laughs> What's right, up? Hey, guys. Since you're here, Luke, you can join us. <laughs> I'll just be in the background. I promise I won't say a thing. You guys don't, won't even know I'm here. Yeah, promises. <laughs> I would love to start this off by telling everybody how I met Bill Lutz or how. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, around this time, I announced that I was going to make her fair out in the Bay Area. I live in Ohio and I get this Facebook message from this stranger, which I, <laughs> I think I've at that time I'd seen maybe something that you've posted on YouTube or whatever, but you're like, you're welcome to stay at my house. And I'm, I'm like, I've never had a stranger say you can stay at my house. And I was like, Kelly, this guy wants to kill us. I'm not sure <laughs> how I should respond. And then I met you and you were the most awesome guy ever casey is amazing and she says hi by the way oh, she was hello. just in here yes okay so let me clarify that a little bit hold on so just about a year ago i started decided that i was going to try and come out of my shell and and this whole maker thing was awesome and some of the guys that i fell in love with included you dave and tim and tim knows that and i started communicating with tim a little bit which was really a step out for me, like to actually message him and I got some feedback. So I know at that time you had just, and, and this is actually a good segue into what we're going to talk about, but you had just transitioned into full-time badass YouTuber guy and this maker fair. So in my mind, I, and I, and I asked Casey for, I said, honey, there's one of my favorite YouTuber guys out there and he's probably got no money because he just quit his job and he wants to come to California. Let's offer to have him stay here. Would you mind if I did that? And she's so excited because I'm, coming out of my shell and because I, I i don't even like my relatives to come stay at my house <laughs> and so this was a huge deal for me so it was kind of funny in your reaction and then it was actually it was like well you know jimmy actually might have this thing set up for bob and i to make magazine and but hey you never know oh and by the way bill have you ever killed anybody in there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it, it that was fun well you do have kind of a kathy bates from misery vibe <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and it just so happens that so i get to make her fair and the first person i ran into was david Pacuto. him and his wife were hmm. getting a beer or a map or something and literally i'm like casey oh my god that's him that's 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 david Pacuto. he's right there he's right there so i try and be all cool and stuff hey dave what's up what's up man yeah you hang out i'll be, I'll be around yeah <laughs> Uh, I think you bought me a beer. I I think I did actually. Yeah, uh, if I remember right, the the beers were a little expensive. I don't know if that's a California thing or a Maker Fair thing, uh, but I was like, I think, oh, I don't have enough money on me. And then you hooked it, Kelly and I it, up with beers. Definitely is a California and a Maker Fair thing. And then uh, mm. and then Casey's all excited because when you, Jimmy, and Bob did your talk on stage right before it happened, Kelly's trying. We we're already seated about four rows back. Kelly's trying to get a seat in the front so she can record her husband up there and nobody's moving. And Kelly's like, excuse me, excuse me. And in case like, I'm not having this. She gets up and goes, excuse me. Her husband is sitting right there. David Pacino. Could you just scoot over, please? It was awesome. It was mad awesome. respect. Yeah. 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 My wife's a badass. But anyway, yeah, totally <laughs> love Casey. Oh, did you two want to talk? No, it's fine. This is, this is, this is why we set this up, man. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let me just do the quick intro and then we can get into it. All right. You got to do the date and time. Yeah. So this is episode 23, April 13th, 2016. Just wanted to give a shout out to our top Patreon supporters, Stu Morrison, the Godfather, Jimmy Duresta. Da, 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 da. 
Luis Gonzalez, Tristan Timber, and Sean Petty. Why don't you guys tell me what you're working on now that I've broken up the conversation? Well, I'll start. Mine's the fastest because I'm not working on anything still under um, quarantine for sharp objects. <laughs> but other than that, I'm still cleaning and organizing, and I'm still cute, in case you didn't notice. <laughs> oh, I noticed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm noticeable. How about you, David? <laughs> what are you working on? Well, um, I just finished up the upcycling project, which I have been informed by a couple of people that it wasn't really an upcycling project. Oh, we'll talk but, about uh, that. And then I'm hoping to because I got some questions for you guys. But uh, I, um, I'm, I'm starting this new thing where like Kelly and I, we go to a thrift store or an antique store or wherever and we pick up items and we bring them back home and we repurpose them or rebuild them or upcycle them or destroy them. And so the first installment of that was uh, there's this huge antique mall where I live. I picked up a, a little 70s alarm clock and I took it home and I broke apart the plastic case, um, made a mahogany case. Um, the mahogany came from a friend of mine who grandfather passed away a few years ago and um, just had a whole bunch of wood just sitting in his garage. And so I took that wood made this new shell i made a piggy bank inside the clock and uh and and then and then gave it away so i just finished that and i haven't started the next project yet because my we're uh, we're going on vacation uh, i will be back home by the time you guys hear this so don't think that i'm not home and you can come in and, and steal okay. all my woodworking <laughs> stuff um, but uh, my my wife is a basket maker. I can't get her in front of the camera to to show some of her technique, but she's an amazing basket maker. And we're going to some place in Indiana where she's taking some classes on basket making. And there's this whole like antique alley in the uh, in a nearby town where while she's out making baskets, I'm going to going to be filming these these probably overpriced antique mm. stores and try to find some some gems. So that's what I'm working on. Cool. Can I can I say real quick that the term mantiquing is the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life? And yeah. I, love that. I did not make no. that up. I wish I did, but I did not make I, that I've up. Never heard it before. It came from you to my ears first, so you get all credit <laughs> for me. All right, Tim, what are you working on? Um, I've been messing around. I just finished up some customer jobs, and I have some new customer jobs coming in. Uh, and I have a, I've been messing around with some guitars. Um, I rebuilt the door bass guitar, uh, the one I made out of the holocord door, because I, I had this other holocord door I also got the same day, and it was just way better. And it totally worked. I was very excited about that. So now I've cut a bunch of bodies because I'm actually making a guitar for a buddy of mine. He gave me some some parts in exchange for me to make a guitar for him, like some necks and pickups and stuff. So I'm making a, um, a door guitar for him. And then I've got this other guitar I was working on. I had these pickups out of this guitar I got for like 50 bucks at a junk store like 100 years ago. Guitars from the 60s. It was a piece of junk. The neck of that guitar is the one that I used when I did the TV show, uh, Trashformers, and I made that guitar out of that airplane tank. I had the neck and the pickups from that guitar on that. But I still had – oh, no, that was the neck. But I still had the pickups. Um, the pickups were something else. I had the pickups left over and some other stuff. So I put those into this guitar I was just making. You might see pictures of it on Instagram. And the idea is the concept is as I'm as I'm changing <laughs> segue the way I the way I think about what I'm doing. I used to be really strict about just being like 100 percent, you know, reclaimed and upcycled and repurposed. And now I've got a little bit of pachudo in me, maybe where I'm like, well, you know, it'd be really nice is if it had this nice walnut accent or this nice. And so I, if I can go like 80 percent and I can really put like a pearl in the oyster. And so that's what this guitar I've been working on now is is all about is it's made of floor joists. And um, and then I put this thin top of of a uh, bird's eye maple on it that I had left over from a oh, cat's awesome. maker that wow. that I got that went out of business. So it's like this like chauffeur, which I'm kind of into, you know. Oh, that's so cool! Like I have been uh, a collector of guitars. I've I've stopped collecting. I've actually recently I've sold a whole bunch of guitars. Uh, I'm I'm in this mindset of downsizing everything, but uh, I love crappy old guitars that you find in pawn shops. I just love. I've I've always just kind of like loved that sound, that crappiness, and how they're really hard to play. See that one right there, and I, I, no one else can see this. We see what I'm pointing at. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 1962 Harmony Meteor. 
I bought it for a, harmonies are I the best because you bucks. can get them for like a hundred bucks. And it's yeah. awesome. It's better than any, any, I mean, they could buy like some seventies, like ES three thirty five or something for five grand. And it's going to sound about mm-hmm. the same as that. This is a little harder yeah. to play. It goes out of tune faster, but it's so cool. <laughs> so I, I did build a guitar on my channel, yeah. uh, few months ago i have but i have this this dream i don't know if it'll ever come to be of like going and buying like cheap pawn shop guitars and just gutting them and remaking them kind of like what i did with the clock and because i just love that sound it's funny like all the audio files have just like just voiced all their opinions on my guitar build and my speaker builds they're like that's not blah 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 and i'm like i'm not bon jovi i'm not and i'm I'm not going for like super pure sounds and uh so yeah i just i just love i love hollow core door bass guitar that's amazing that's that's Did so you cool. gonna, you Phil, come to Phil, my shop and bring some parts man we'll throw some crap together phil i just learned something if they want to shut me up, all they have to do is talk about guitars because I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> I love listening to it, though. I, I also don't know what they're talking about, but I'm learning. Well, you... just know that there, there's two camps. Yeah, there is the like doesn't doesn't matter what it looks or sounds like, although it kind of does. And then there's the, the the other camp of like it's got to be super crystal clear and clean and have these pickups and blah 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 and you can only play through these speakers like it's it's it, it's kind of it's kind of very funny. very well put and that's I, I mean most of my sound or whatever has come from thrift store junk and these like ten dollar two you know uh not two amps but you know there's ten dollar little two watt amplifiers i get it you know goodwill or whatever mm-hmm. and then um you know like where I, I started making these instruments like my first one was a double bass i made out of a pair of snow skis and, uh, and it still works. It's uh, I have it. There's a video of it. It's in my shop. I was actually going to do a since I, there's some interest in some of these guitars, like Make Magazine just picked up on the hollow core door. And so I saw Congratulations. that. Awesome. Yeah, man, so I was thinking about dragging all the instruments that I have laying around all the successes and failures and doing like a little wrap up video of some of the stuff I've made. Like there's another one, David, you can see over my shoulder. That bass there is made out of uh, some chestnut and the, the sound hole in it is a semi hollow body. The sound hole is the actual knot that was in the tree. Hey, isn't uh, that the globe uh, amp too? Amp speaker? Yeah, then the, and then the amplifier they made out of a the globe is so you know and then because like the same thing as you, I'm into that junky sound like that sort of, and it's like because the the music comes from the the player, not the gear, and uh, and so I've been trying to make exactly. a make that point and prove that in some of my work, you know, and that translates to just about tools, everything, whether yeah. tools, photography, yeah. whatever, videography doesn't matter. It's not tool. It's it's the it's the yeah. maker, the creator. Yeah, I mean, how many times yeah. do you get on your video someone that writes like, well, if I had all those tools, I could make that too. It's like, well, go make it, man. I, when I started, yeah. I had a skill saw and a drill, you know? Yep. You know, I was going to say, you two have this amazing thing in common with the music. And I've seen one, maybe two of your music videos, David, uh, at some point somehow where you, you let the world in on on that. Hmm. Tim, of course, we've, we've seen you. Um, but you guys didn't know that Phil and I actually have a little bit of a music background, too. Because <laughs> I was in Canada uh, it was a couple of years back. It was before the podcast. And um, um, you guys have heard of Rush, I suppose. Well, Phil and I were actually backup dancers one year on <laughs> tour with Rush. And um, although we didn't sing or play music, um, we were busting moves. <laughs> I was I was actually uh, Neil Peart's drumstick boy. I would make sure between sets he had a clean pair of drumsticks. <laughs> so. And me and Getty would hang out afterwards. So. All, all I can say, all I can say is, uh, is Getty Lee is not quite as nice in person as you might think he is. He's a little demanding. He's even He's nicer. Nice try. Getty Lee is <laughs> still Canadian. Still, still Canadian. That's the first power trio, isn't it? Am I am I right? Not the first trio, but the first power trio. Yeah, probably. This has definitely become like reclaimed audio like literally now we're just talking audio this hour <laughs> i love sorry, it sorry i i threw everything off the rails no man it's awesome i don't yeah, get to I, talk music that often i got this a couple cool. of my youtube heroes on here talking about anything i'm good with that so you, you boys you boys <laughs> just uh keep going so uh what are you working oh, on yeah, anyway Phil. what am i working this week you guys asked okay i um this weekend actually i wrapped up shooting for uh my next video and it's, uh, it was a wife request, which is like this little uh, book shelf ladder for my daughter. It's about 36 inches tall. And 
It's white and pink and freaking adorable. And um, I made it from I made it from partly reclaimed, but I'll argue in the uh, in the voiceover. Maybe the whole thing's reclaimed, depending on the loot's definition of reclaimed. <laughs> but uh, so that one, that one will go up as quickly as I can edit it. And uh, and I got a couple of orders for some whiskey boxes and stuff this weekend. So that's what I'll be busy with for the rest of the week. But um, and then after that, I'm I'm looking forward to getting ready to build. Are they Etsy orders? Yes, sir. Nice. You know, I actually made a, <laughs> I forgot to mention, I made a whiskey box today. Did you? <laughs> I thought it was going to be, I meant to do that. I meant to say like, oh, well, you know, today I made a whiskey box. But, but here's the funny thing is that it, it's, it's, I didn't finish it because <laughs> I screwed up my measurement somehow. The bottle doesn't fit in it. That, that happened <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> for my, there's a local, uh, it's, a, it's apparently a problem. So, <laughs> but there's a, there's a whiskey company. They make it here. It's like a moonshine company in, in East Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, I made some furniture for their like tasting room and they want to put some of my stuff in to their, they want me to like, you know, put in their little store area there. And uh, so I was like, oh, maybe I'll make a whiskey box. And that just is like a perfect fit for their bottle. So they can sell it when people are buying the bottle, they buy the gift box or whatever. So I was just trying to throw together a prototype. And I was like, real quick, I was trying to finish up the guitar. I had my, my father flying in. I had to pick up the airport, all this stuff going on. And, and I made it. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that'll work for a prototype. And I go to put the bottle in. And <laughs> <it didn't> fit. <laughs> That's how I learned the difference between inside and outside dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I should know by now. but. <laughs> Oh, well. Um, okay, let's get this thing moving. Tim alluded to it earlier, and we talked about changes. And our uh, our guest this week, uh, David Picciuto, has undergone some some pretty radical changes in his life. And, and I think so have we all. But, you know, I, I think uh, apropos to him. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to interrupt yet again, but Phil, I hope the audio got screwed up and you didn't forget who our guest was. Because the way I heard it was, and our guest this week, um, uh, Dave, David Picciuto. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah, let's call that an audio glitch. How about it's a speech affectation, and I'm really uh, shy about it? <laughs> oh, my, my wife is a speech therapist. That's Yeah. I can hook you guys up. That would be great. <laughs> no, it's a question of nerves. David, uh, you know, I'm always... I'm always shy around Bill, and that's why that happens. I tend to um when he's around because he's so intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there, there's this thing I, I maybe some of you know. I'm involved in another podcast, and I listen to it, and I'm like, why do you keep saying these same things over and over again? I finish so many sentences with the word "so," which doesn't make <laughs> sense at all. I'm like, and my thought so. And and then I wait for my two podcast mates to finish my sentences. I'm like, stop doing that. You know, people people that don't record themselves all the time don't realize that. But you know, I think a lot of us that do that, it's like you realize like all these things that you say and do that just they start to drive you nuts. But I don't think they drive anybody else nuts. Like I don't mm. like I've never noticed that that you end sentences so. Oh, I notice how many times I say um though in a sentence. I mm. don't notice that. I do notice that I um a hell of a lot. Yeah, me too. See, I, I don't. I, I'm. I think some of us are more sensitive to that than others because, like, I don't notice any of those from you guys. I'm really paying more attention to what the messages are saying, but I can say the word "utilize" twice, and Phil has a connection. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about changes. Oh my goodness, change taking places. Oh, we're getting yeah. Uh, uh, we get we're getting live tweeted here. All right, that's cool. Snapchat, oh, nice. Tweeting's old, dude. That's yesterday. Snapchat's uh, a new thing. I can't I can't do it. I like Instagram. I, you know what's funny? I remember somebody. I think it was Jimmy quite a while ago started with the whole Snapchat thing, and it's just gotten to be. He's doing it a lot lately, so I think I'm gonna actually have to download that app thing. That'll be a change I can make. I can add. I will change. Oh. He's the good. way I look at stuff by Snapchatterating the application to my phone. Nice. See, that's that that's such a great segue in, into the topic because Snapchat is we all think of it as like this is what the 18-year-old, 16-year-old kids are doing. But and it took me a long time to get into it. I tried a couple times and I, and I just I couldn't figure it out. The app is not very intuitive yeah. for 40 year old people <laughs> but once you figure it out and once you start following the right people it's addictive because if you because the, the the story feature it's not the it's not the sexting that you're doing with so and so it's all about the if it, when you watch somebody's stories like jimmy's dress is a good person to follow because he's 
showing you what he's doing throughout the day in kind of a funny, humorous way or whatever. So you just have to you have to just dive in and get fully involved and accept change. Mm. Very good. Wow. Very good. I like that. And I'm the oldest one here, so I will have to change the most, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So um, in, in case listeners haven't figured out what the topic is, the topic is change. <laughs> and um, and it's not like, you know, I, I think that what we're trying to talk about is just changes in the way we think and do things. Um, David is a great guest to kind of help us with this because David just recently changed his whole career path. Um and he's changed his branding in that career path with, at the same time, basically, which is like, you know, somewhat risky um, because Dave is not afraid of change. And uh, and he's learning Snapchat now, which we're all very proud of you for. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made that change yet. I, ha- I, I, I got it for my, my my teenage daughter, but then she stopped Snapchatting me. So I just haven't used it since. <laughs> but um, and, uh, and, you know, and so we, we all go through changes. We all have our own personal changes. And uh, we thought this would be an interesting conversation to bring to us as we change as makers, which is how we change as people and is how we change as upcyclists or reclaimers or whatever. So, David, I've noticed some changes in your channel lately. You've been going uh, doing a lot of upcycling. Is that uh, because of a certain podcast that you love to listen to? <laughs> yes. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Reclaimed Audio, but it's, it's changed me. Um, no, I've, uh, I've always had this, I've always loved antique stores and recently I've been going to antique stores and, um, uh, what, what do you call a uh, flea markets and thrift stores in, in hopes of not finding like things that I need, but things that I can kind of repurpose or recycle, uh, or upcycle. And, um, I, I in doing so. Some people have brought it to my attention that my recent project of buying a clock and rebuilding it into a new clock wasn't an upcycle. And I was like, hmm, what is upcycling? And so Kelly, my wife, she's like, it's anytime you, she looked it up and she's like, anytime you take something that was thrown away or discarded and repurposing it. And it, it, so buying something from an antique store or a thrift store or a flea market is borderline discarding or throwing away and, and upcycling. I wanted to get you guys' opinion on that. Well, we certainly have a little bit to add to that as far as what um, – and, and I'd like to just let Tim answer this because he, I, I love his voice. But <laughs> um, upcycling is more than that. and There's something specific, I think, that was left out of that definition, um, Tim. Well, for I mean, I, I have heard several definitions of it. My working definition, and not that I'm, you know, the expert or anything, is that if you is when you take something of value or no value, no value or minimal value, or whatever, and you give it more value, that's bringing it up the cycle mm. of value. So that's what upcycling mm. is. So it doesn't mean that you have to get it for free from a dumpster to have it upcycled. Uh, the the pinball machine is one of my like classic ones where. It, that was a video I made, you know, where I took a pinball machine that was broken and not worth repairing as deemed by a pinball mechanic who sold it to me for a hundred bucks and I turned it into a couple thousand dollar desk. So that's upcycling. Of course, people then told me I was a monster for destroying this pinball machine. Now, if this pinball machine were to be painstakingly restored, which would have taken twice as long, you know, man hours and the parts that were missing and whatnot to restore this thing, it would have been worth about $800. I upcycled mm. that pinball machine. So... You upcycled that clock. Now, what's interesting about your video, though, is that you upcycled your clock, but you didn't sell it to prove it was upcycled. Instead, you gave you paid it forward. And, and I loved that about the video that instead of taking this four dollar clock and saying like the TV shows are like, we took four dollars and turned into four hundred, you know, instead of doing this sort of like capitalist thing with it, you gave it to someone. Someone's going to buy that clock for eight bucks, the eight bucks or whatever they pay for. They're going to go to a decent charity. They're going to get the thing home. And then they're going to discover that they own this like little piece of YouTube history. That is like so awesome. And what's going to be even funnier is when we see that thing pop up on eBay and people are bidding on it. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just about to say, that's like going to the bookstore, buying a book, opening it and realize that the art, the the authors run around to different stores and actually signed copies of the book. And a friend friend of mine has done that, but I do also have a signed David Pichuto book. I just thought I'd throw that out there. (laughs) Who do you know to get one of those? (laughs) Oh no, I'm sorry, Tim. I was just going to add to what Tim said that that doing the uh, the socially conscious, the socially responsible thing, 
uh, with regard to upcycling, it's only one component of recycling, of reusing, of using reclaimed. Upcycling is only the smallest portion. So you can't just choose one of those things and then that's it. You've done your job. So upcycling by itself simply is, as Tim said, moving something of small or little value up the chain and keeping it within the the scope of, of use. But it, it doesn't take away from the fact that if you added components that were reclaimed or recycled or reused or any one of those things, that you're not doing something even better. So it's it's a component of mm. something larger is all I was going to say. Also, the, the value, I think, in, in um, David's video, amplify, whatever you call it, that amplify type word, this perfectly in the fact that it's not about the money. There, is, there was a lot of value, David, in what you did at the end of the video by, by putting that back into the, to the world for somebody else to get it and, and realize that it had been made. That had nothing to do with the money. So adding value doesn't have to mean dollars. Word, word. And, and, I think we've all found something at a thrift store or or wherever or something was given to us for free that we're like, this is amazing. Like, I feel so lucky to come across this. Like, what are the chances of me finding this? I've, I've had many of those experiences in my life. And if somebody gets value out of this silly little clock that I made, that that's super cool to them. So. You know, it's so nice to give that feeling, isn't it? You know? I think so. I actually I struggle with it a little bit because I want to do it more, but it's like it's like when you write a big check to a charity and then you blurt out to the world that you wrote a big check to the charity. It's like, are you really doing it to give to the charity or are you doing it to get attention to yourself? Mm -hmm. So I want to do it more, but I don't know how to do it in a way that doesn't seem like I'm doing it just to promote my channel or to get shares or whatever so it's 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 this thing that i struggle with in my just, head like just I, do it yeah you know i mean one of the easiest things to do is is just never try and i struggled with this for a long time never try and be tim sway well you know it's funny just don't be tim sway and every little bit you do is going to mean something somewhere to somebody because there is nobody but tim sway who can be tim sway you know, the, I'm, da- just, I'm just swaying, I'm saying. <laughs> just swaying. Da- David's sort of segueing into some of the changes that I've been dealing with. It's a really good point. It's something I struggle with as well. Um, like some of the big changes that are going on with me is um, starting to take YouTube seriously as a, a quote business or as a as an income source. I just recently just uh, I asked permission from my viewers to monetize my channel. And uh, hang on, I'll give you the exact number as of right now. As of right now. Uh, uh, with this little video I put up with a thumbs up, thumbs down poll on YouTube, I have 1,328 views and 673 people gave me a thumbs up to monetize and 30 people gave me a thumbs down. Oh, so it's awesome. a, it's a pretty clear, and then there's a bunch of no votes. So, but that's like any election, I guess. So it's pretty clear that, that, and, I, <laughs> and I've gotten a bunch of personal messages. I tell people no comment, just uh, yay or nay. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to hear your opinion. I know it like, you know, no. Not like a jerk, but you know, like just tell me what you know. And, and I've had people sending me emails like, "Hey, we I know you don't want to hear, it, but I'm telling you anyways. You need to get your message out. You need to do what you do for more people." And and then there's for that sure. sort of dirty feeling about it. Like the well, the way to do it is to make it a business. And and my biggest weakness, besides all the other weaknesses, I'm sure other people can point out in me, <laughs> but the biggest weakness I I see in myself is um I have this tunnel vision where I get really hung up on principles and and values and things that a lot of people don't really care about anymore. And they, and they stifle me. Like I get this tunnel vision and, and I, I'm like, I'm going to save this one tree. The whole forest is burning behind me, but I'm too busy saving this one tree. And, uh, and, and I'm starting to realize now that maybe what I am doing is saying, instead of just preaching to the choir that already knows this, maybe I need to take a little bit of that outside money and outside influence and, and spread the message to people that maybe, so maybe they'll join the inner circle. And, and so maybe I need to use that machinery to fight it, you know, Mm-hmm. And that's like this big struggle for me. And, uh, and that's my big changes right now as I'm going, you know what? All right, I'm going to, I'm going to lose a few soldiers so I can win this war. Mm. And, and that's kind of what you're talking What's about that? with this. Like, well, you want to do more of this, but then. Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, anytime I can, I can throw in a Simpsons reference into our conversation, I will. And in this case, there was an episode, I think it was with Krusty's dad <laughs> and there's the two rabbis arguing. And one of them talks about uh, tzedakah, which is the uh, the Jewish or the Yiddish word for charity. And he says, you know, you should really be giving charity anonymously. You know, it's 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 that's the right way to do it. 
So then the other rabbi counters by saying, but what if your example of giving inspires other people to give as well? So, you know, I don't think yeah. that you should be, you know, there's there's a right way to say like, da, 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 guess what, guys, I'm giving to charity. I'm amazing. Or as you did it, you know, in a very classy mm. way, this is what I'm doing. I'm paying it forward. And then I think that's an inspiration that's not bragging. So it's very, very different. It's also my business. So I also I have to do things that are going to get me shares. And and it, it, sometimes that feels that feels dirty or, or like um, I'm sure you guys all have like gone to that that through that phase where it's like I don't want to ask people to share my video. I don't want to ask people to contribute to my Patreon account. I don't want to ask people to do this. But when you get to a certain point where it is your your business, you have to ask. Mm. And what I've learned is just by just doing it, people actually respond to you asking that. And so I, I got over that fear of asking people to share my videos or asking to donate on, on Patreon. And maybe me doing, I, I hope to do more of these donations. And so maybe me doing this gets me more shares, which I need, I want, because I need to grow my audience so I can I can pay the bills. But maybe, like you said, it does inspire other people to do so. I've gotten many comments of people saying, I want to do the same thing that you do, or I hope this starts a trend or, or whatever. So... You know, well, I, I, can, I, can, I can get past that dirtiness of, 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 of there's no, feeling David, like maybe there's no this dirtiness because right, I, I can tell you um, that there is a business of charity. And if, if people are creating these events that, that, uh, that host charities and do all these things like these black tie galas and all that stuff, it costs money to host these things and to advertise and all that stuff. And all of that comes out of the money that is raised. So there's no – as long as you're doing something good – and you're doing it in a classy way, don't feel bad about it. I, I'm sorry to monopolize this, but I have a really good example of this. Um, I, I, I played for a while in a band that, that uh, we were on a small label and the band was, the, the front man's uh, thing was, it was a charity he formed. It was to fight sex trafficking in, in, uh, in Asia and stuff. And they, uh, they created safe homes for these children. And it was, you know, this, I'm a dad. So he asked me to do this. And I was like, well, of course I want to do this. But as a musician, as I'm sure you know, David, sometimes you get asked to do things for free. And uh, you now as an artist, you know, this is and so I, I just told him straight out, I was like, yep, I, I would love to do this, but I need to I need to I have to take care of my family first before I can take care of other families. And he's like, oh, I have kids, too. I understand. And you know, it's so paid fair. So I did it. And then we used to we would do things like we would I would fly to Chicago at like 6 a.m. I'd play three songs at some black tie event and I would fly home at midnight and I'd make like 500 oh, bucks man. or something, you know. Um, or they put me up in a hotel room, you know, and it's, I wouldn't even see the town and, and, and like literally in these things, would, it was just so weird. And I, and I, because I have that tunnel vision, I'm like, why don't they just put that 500 bucks in the till instead of paying me this air flight and all the food they had to give me, it, it would drive me nuts. Cause I have this small vision. So one day we're at one of these things, you know, or some town somewhere I'm standing there, you know, waiting to play my three songs. There's some guy walking by and we, he's asking what we're doing. We tell him all about where the band and this and that. And, um, the guy goes, oh, I got to go to a meeting, but I really want to help out. He's like, can I can I just give you a check to bring in there? I'm like, well, we're like, yeah, sure. And he wrote a check for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, yeah, Amazing. and and I uh, handed it to the singer, and I was like, well, okay, I get it, you know. And and but I have said, I forget that. Give him David's number. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can, I can speak to both of you guys about. Um, David, you mentioned that there's some people out there right now, and I'm one of them that aren't pushing my channel. I'm not trying to say subscribe to me. Don't I don't care if you like my videos. I'm I'm not there yet, but I will be, and I plan on it. And I think one of the things that inspires me about both you and Tim is that you guys have kind of your your trend setting or your make your beating the path for me because at some point I am going to retire and want to make this a part of my living. I mean, everything I'm doing right now is just, I'm learning. I'm learning how to talk on a podcast. I'm learning how to make a video. I'm learning how to socialize with other people. I'm learning how to get my name out there. So for right now, that's not important to me, but I think I was joking a while back is that, but I will, I will sell out as quickly as you ever saw, because it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be how I continue to earn a living and support my wife and to be able to 
watch your videos and have cable TV and put gas in the car. I mean, all those things are going to happen because of this. Why do you need cable TV? Yeah, what's that? Well, you know, I got rid of cable TV. <laughs> I did um, as a little sidetrack here. And I've only had over-the-air TV down for quite some time until this damn guy knocked on my door last week and made me the best deal in the world. And he suckered me in, and I'm going to have cable again next Thursday. Time suck. It's a time suck. <laughs> I, it's just, I, know, I know, but I've missed Game of Thrones, and I want better internet. Just start so. selling your tools. Just sell your tools now. <laughs> HBO Go. You know what? I quit smoking so I can afford cable now, so you, you guys can just kiss it. Okay. But but I'd anyway. Rather, I'd rather you but, suck, uh, suck down cable than suck down cigarettes, man. Well, see, yeah. There you go. Uh, but anyway, uh, seriously, being able to at some point, like you said, you're going to have to make that change, and you're going to have to say, hey, watch my stuff give me a like you know help me out on patreon those things i'm going to change i'm going to have those things happen because it's it's going to be necessary and being able to do that because the guys like you two and i think phil's probably going to be in the same boat here soon sooner than me because you're you're growing your etsy store is growing our, our your popularity is growing all these things so it's going to happen these changes are going to happen to us anyway and i would assume a lot of other people yeah, and you'll find like the, the people that really love what you're doing, they're going to be like, that's, I, they're going to want to boast to the world that they donated to your Patreon account or they share your videos. And you'll find your, your, your true core people who just love everything that you do. There are always going to be people who say, will you stop bugging us to do this or whatever? And those aren't your, 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 your true followers. Right. And so you just keep, need to keep speaking and focusing on the people that are on the same page as you and, and following what you're doing. I'm going to ask everybody, how do you, how do you stay true to who you are and your core values while going through very difficult changes or just very large changes? It's tough. Yeah, it is. It's really tough for me. I learned, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out like who I actually am in my videos because it feels like I'm a different person when I'm on camera than I am at home with my wife. And so when I was doing the weekly wrap up show, I was kind of over exaggerating everything. I was this I made up not made up, but I was this character who mm, mm, wasn't. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I had a, I had a good time filming all that, um, but maybe I gave the false perception that I'm this super outgoing guy and I'm always loud and crazy and I'm drinking all the time. And it, and it really wasn't me. Uh, I really like, I don't like going out anymore. I just like staying home and, and watching movies and, and, um, I'm, and it's difficult to not be boring on camera without creating this little character that you make. I don't know how to explain that really well. <laughs> Um, so you do kind of have to exaggerate a little bit on camera to just not be so boring and to be entertaining. And so I, I have the I have the camera life and I have my home life, which are slightly different. But I'm trying to blend them a little bit more. Yeah, no, that's that's well said. I mean, when you that's like acting 101. When you're on a stage, you have to do everything bigger. So it so it translates out into the audience. I mean, that's what they they teach you, um, and it feels awkward when you're doing it. But it is, it isn't like you're, you're lying. You're just, you're being a bigger version of yourself. Um, you mm. wouldn't be doing that if that wasn't in you. And I always say that I, I refer to myself, like when I was playing music, I used to always try to look like a cartoon character. That was always my goal. I wanted to be like some, like, like big bird up there playing the bass or something and, and just be over animated. And, um, and then in, when I do my videos, I just try to be myself, but I try to be myself at my best. Um, and I always refer to myself as my character. And, um, you know, I was talking about, like, I said it to my wife when I'm editing something, I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to do this for my character. And my wife just like laughs. She's just like, that's a character. That's just you, you know, and because I, you know, even though I feel like I'm acting, I'm not. It's, and that's uh, probably, there's probably more of you in there than you think. Um, you know what I mean? It's just that you can't see it because you're too close to it. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, well, we talk to different people in different ways. Sure. Like you probably talk to Vance in a different way than you talk Absolutely. to your wife. And I talk to my dog in a different way than I talk to <laughs> I my wife. So. Than I talk to my yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to hear my baby's voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when you're talking to an audience, an, an audience is another person in your life that you're talking to. It's still you. You're just talking to the, the audience the way you talk to the audience. 
Well, I think we all have a little bit of a different persona, you know, out in public than we do at home. But I think for me, the, the hard thing was, is that I always felt, and I think David and you, Tim, have said this before, where you aren't that outgoing person that you seem to be on stage or whatever. No. And, and I was like that for forever. Nobody had anything in common with me. I was terrible. I didn't like people. I just didn't, you know, I just felt like I don't, I was, I was intimidated by everybody. And I mean, even at Maker Fair, when I met you, Dave, that was one of the scariest things in the world to, to meet you and Jimmy and Bob and, and Ramsey and all these people that came out there. And I was very starstruck. But what I found since then is that this persona that I seem to, to have and that it is something that now that I realize we're all makers. So for me, it was the maker thing people that use their hands and create and I can be this person because that's who I really am. I finally found this, these people, they get me, you know, there's, I, when I make a joke about how to use a saw or something like, I mean, people get it. They, they understand what I'm talking about as opposed to like getting to know some of Casey's friends that where they all went to college together and they have a lot of things in common. I know it took five to six years before I was even comfortable going over our best friend's house. Even though I love these people and they love me, it was like, it was still, it took forever to get semi-comfortable to where now I feel if I met any one of you guys in person, uh, except you, Dave, because I've done that. So you're past tense. Um, but either one, Tim, you or Phil or anybody else, if I meet you for the first time, I'm going to feel like it's okay. And I'm not starstruck. And I, and I feel like I'm comfortable now. And the persona that people hear me and see in my videos is kind of who i really am it so i don't know is that it's bit... it's it's no different than like high school the beginning of a new school year and your cafeteria and you're like you have your tray of food and you're like <laughs> which <laughs> you look for people who have the same thoughts or, or the same um the common denominator then you want you want to hang out with like-minded mm, people that's an awesome analogy. and once you yeah. find them then you do feel yep. comfortable yeah well, I thought I, I, when I met you with the maker thing. So, <laughs> and when I met you last year at Maker Fair, I just came away with like that dude and his wife were super <laughs> nice. They were enthusiastic about making and 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 meeting and 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 hanging out with people. So, yeah, it's it's. Well, I feel horrible like because I've always been an extrovert. So, <laughs> sorry guys. Well, we we aspire to be you, Phil. Don't feel horrible. Well, why don't you answer that question? Well, I can't really speak to it as far as a um, as a maker because I think I'm still pretty true to to that persona or that character that I've defined at the very beginning, which was like this guy making stuff in his garage and being kind of a noob. And the products that I put out there are pretty kid or family or gift friendly. So that's that's really hasn't changed for me. But on a personal level, you know, like I, I've gone through some pretty big changes. My father passed away about. Uh, eight years ago. So that was a dramatic change mm -hmm. and it required that I really, really step up the plate for my family. So it was, um, it, it, you just, you, you keep your, your center and you just change the direction that you're pointed at. And then that's, that's the way you go. And, and that's the sort of the way I, that I treated it. But, um, you know, this whole maker thing is pretty new for me. You evolve, you keep evolving. You're always going to be changing and adapting. That's it. You just put one foot in front of the other. And as long as you're doing good out there, then that's all that really matters. So that's a that's a specific big change for you. That's I think that's another cool question. And Dave, I think most of us know this, but what are a couple of specific big changes for you that have happened recently? Uh, well, many people who follow me know that I was a web developer and I accidentally got into becoming a YouTuber because I came up with a silly name of the Drunken Woodworker. And... Uh, which was just a conversation I had with a friend in the backyard drinking whiskey by the fire. He was like, let's do one more shot and go in your shop and make a desk. And like, ah, ha, ha, the drunken woodworkers. And so I just made up this Facebook page and people started liking it because of the name. And I just, it's kind of snowballed from there. Then I started making videos and I didn't know it's going to become a career. Had no idea. Although I always in the back of my mind thought it would be really cool to do woodworking for a living. And then when it did get to a point where I could quit my job, um, it was actually at that Maker Faire uh, build where um, this young kid came up to me and was like, oh, you're the drunken woodworker. And he was with his dad. And it was so embarrassing to be called the drunken woodworker 
and this kid was like, that's a drunken word worker to his dad. And it was like, that was kind of like the final straw. I'm like, I have to ditch the name. It started off as a joke. It didn't know it was going to become a career. So I changed it to make something. And that allowed me to like not be the drunken word, woodworker, but it also removed the word woodworker from my business title. And now I can do anything that I want. And so the the whole branding change for me was recent, you know, a little over a year ago or whenever that was. Um, I'm always kind of like, there's, there's, there's hundreds of people making woodworking YouTube videos now. So I'm trying to figure out how to do something different from everybody else. So I'm always looking for change. I've changed my careers many times from being, um, a, a, a dark room assistant to a wedding photographer, to a graphic designer, to a web developer, to YouTuber. So I don't know if I'll be making YouTube videos five years from now because I'm always looking wherever my heart is. That's where I'm going to go. I, I, I think I'm going to be making YouTube videos five years from now, but I don't I don't want to plan that far ahead because I'm always ready for change. I'm always ready to pivot. YouTube become, could become the, the Facebook where like people are leaving Facebook to go do Snapchat or, or whatever. So... Uh, I look forward to change and I find change exciting. Mm. You know, that's one of the things I've always connected to you with from what I've heard you, you know, mention sort of your path a little bit and we have a lot of similarities. And one of my things is that I'd never want to, I never want it to be a job. Um, when it feels like work is when I quit. And, and like, so I was lucky enough to play music for about a decade as like my full-time job. And, uh, but it became a job. And, and, and when, mm. when music becomes a job, when like playing like a water ski with four strings on, it becomes a job, you know, it's time to get a new <laughs> job, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, they like, talk about just like living, you know, the dream, but, uh, and, that, and, and I've always like, every time I hear you talk about your path and your, your history, I really connect to that. That it's, I don't know what I'm doing in five years. I don't know what I'm doing in one year. Um, but whatever it is, is going to make me happy. And that's going to be the most important thing. It's not the. The, the financial riches or the security. Uh, and I've made it this far, so I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you don't change things, will just stay the same. That's it's such, it's, it's such a simple thing to say, but it's so true. Yeah. If you don't like the situation you're in, you have to do something to change, to make that happen or take a chance. And, uh, I I mean I, I love not knowing what the future yeah is because I, I just love that I love that excitement. I, I am the prince of getting people to quit their jobs. <laughs> I have so many people. That... I make less money than I did when I had I a job. Make money, but I'm so I, get, I just get paid happy. in like rainbows and eggs from the chickens on the farm. I don't make any money. <laughs> but I like I mean I tell everybody like I have all these friends that I've convinced to quit their jobs. My wife is one of them. She quit her job. We've never been happier. We have no money, but you know what? We're happy. And um, you know, my, I have a friend. He's he's an auto mechanic. He's working at this dealership. He's miserable and this that. I'm like, I mean, just quit and fix cars out of your garage, man. And now he's just like, dude, I don't know why it took me so long. Like everybody I know that I, I commit. There's another another woodworker, um, Zach. Uh, Zach Jeffrey, he quit his job. He's, he's making furniture now. He, he, he's, you know, there's like all these people and it's because it's, they're so afraid to make that leap because there's all those things, their whole history, their whole life of their parents and their grandparents and their teachers. And they're just telling them like, oh, well, you got to have security. You got to have security. You got to do this and that. Like, but what if everything goes right? Everybody's always worried about when everything goes wrong. Just go out and try. What's the worst that's mm -hmm. going to happen? You're going to fail and you're going to go get some miserable job again. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the things you guys are alluding to is you have to be open to that change, no matter yes. what you're doing, whatever. You have to be open. You know, if something comes up, and for me, one of the biggest changes in my life is being invited to, to a podcast with uh, Phil Pinsky and Mr. Tim Sway. I never would have thought a year ago. And new permanent member, David. And Trudeau. new permanent member. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I used to have a job as, on a podcast. Maybe <laughs> I'll go get check out that other. Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> but but a year ago, I mean, I, I met my YouTube heroes at a maker fair and now I'm on a podcast and now I talk with a lot of these guys on a regular basis. I know I communicate with Izzy and Jimmy and Tim and Phil and David and Bob and, and all these guys I'm able to, to associate with now, which is a huge change for me. And then there's other changes for me recently it was a health change. And something happened to me that made me go, oh, wow, I'm not immortal. And, and now I have to start looking at things a little bit differently in that way. And what's how do you how do you incorporate these changes to keep 
life still going and still having fun. And it's, you have to be open to change. It might be good. It might be bad. It might just be a learning experience, but that, that ability to, uh, it was like a big Marine tough guy thing to say, improvise, adapt and overcome. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, you know, changes, changes. Awesome. I think you, you never have to be. But this isn't, I mean, this isn't the first time that I, I quit my job to work for myself. I had one other previous attempt where I quit my job to do web development out of my home. And that lasted for a good six months and it was a complete failure. And, but it was a learning mm. experience. I was able to get a job. Nothing bad happened except I was broke and had to eat crap food for a few months, but I figured it out, got a job, got the most amazing job I've ever had and worked with awesome people who inspired me, which actually led me to where I'm at now. So if, if you do fail, you're, you're going to learn from it and it's going to make you better at what you do in the future. Some of you guys even make videos about failing. <laughs> I think I have more videos about failing than succeeding. <laughs> but people love seeing that. I, I, I found people want to see like the, these YouTubers. They're not. It's easy to show when things go right. And many times I don't show what goes wrong in the videos because it's not part of the story. It extends the video. Uh, it might make me look like an idiot. I have a bruise on, on my on my rib cage from being an idiot the other, the other day, a spindle sander incident, but I didn't show it. Um, but people love uh, – uh, we can talk about that I if you want. <laughs> I just love sentences like that. Well, I had a spindle sander as soon as like four guys like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, but people love to see like, oh, these people, they make mistakes just like I do, you know. And so um, the spindle sander incident – Basically, that the the face of the clock, um, the front of the box had a a hole drilled out of it, and I had that hole over the spindle sander. I needed to <laughs> make a hole a little bit bigger. I let go of it to make an adjustment. It caught on the spindle sander and just spun around like crazy. It hit me in the ribs. It bruised me, oh and I just stepped back, and it's spinning like crazy. And I was like. What do I do? What do I do? I can't because I was not going to reach around the back to hit the off switch. So I went and I shut the power off to the house. And it's all on video. <laughs> but I, we, uh, I'm, I'm saying it here. We want to see that video. We absolutely do. I, I'm actually not in the video. Doesn't matter. I, I'll, okay. All right. I'll make it, it just it came to mind. I watched the cops episode where somebody left a car running and it was in reverse going in a circle and the cops standing there trying to like, how do I get in there to turn this car off? <laughs> That's what came to mind for me. Right. So, so what do you guys, what did you do? What did the cop do? Ran a gas. They were going to do, but he, he did timed it just right. But so my question oh, is man. for you guys, cause you have a lot of experience, both of you, and I've only got 12 videos out there and, and I don't, I just don't ever fail. So what do I have to actually try <laughs> to fail and like have a fail video but it's scripted and that wouldn't be well what that's telling me bill is that you are playing it safe (laughs) challenge or change yeah i do i I, i'm actually lawyered i i actually don't even really work on my videos that's or in the video that's casey and she's just a way better maker than i am so no man failure i i need i need to be better at actually making a video and the editing and all that because there's i really enjoy you guys make some really uh good points when you show the fails in in your videos and um i want to do that i've certainly got the capability of failing on a regular basis every day (laughs) and i do quite often actually most days um but yeah making that video so i was gonna say that um and I noticed that I say that all the time. We were talking about it earlier, those those things, those idiosyncrasies that bug us about ourselves. I always say that. I wanted to say. So I'm going to try not to say that anymore. <laughs> but uh, one thing uh, that I noticed that, you know, Bill says, you know, you guys get really, you know, your videos are really good. And that is true. But it comes from from practicing and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't work. David, your your videos are super polished. And I think that's what's giving you an edge over the hundreds of makers that are coming out there is that you come across as really, really polished. Your graphics are great. Your motion graphics, like your voiceovers, your equipment is really, really great. And I think that there is a flood of people coming to do this, which is amazing, but that's, what's going to make you stand head and shoulders above everybody else. And I probably don't even have to tell you that, but just wanted to say, 
And that that doesn't come from just watching a video or reading a book on how to make videos. That comes from doing a whole bunch of them and learning what works. And you'll sure. never get that out of a book or a video until you actually do it. And you learn by doing and you learn by failing. You learn by achieving. Mm. So you really need to make more videos. Well, that's all that, that's true. But some of us, you know, Tim and I have always talked about this. Some of us are just naturally talented. It comes <laughs> easy. It comes easy to you. <laughs> he's, I mean, Michael Jordan will tell you that he's not naturally he's, talented. Michael Jordan will tell you that he played for years and years and years. And he's, he's, he's sucking you in, man. He's making a joke. That I, I have this, I have this, <laughs> this dislike of the word talent. I hate it when people say, oh, you're mm. so talented. It's like that just negates the years of practice and hard work, in my opinion. Well, it's not that you're talented. It's that you have That's all those I tools. Said. There's no such thing as talent. It's- <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as talent. It's only having good tools. No, I always say there's no yes. such thing as talent, only desire. And uh, the desire is what keeps you going and failing and letting that spindle sander beat you up for a while. Then you turn it back on, you use it again. That's talent. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. talent really is just a lot of hard work. It's just yeah. a lot of, a lot of failures, a lot of experience gained by doing it. And, um, so that's why I'm a naturally talented loudmouth most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's talk a little bit about what we're watching this week. Um, uh, who wants to go first and say what they're watching? How about, how about you, Phil? Cause you always go last. <laughs> uh, all right. I will, uh, I'll talk about this guy. Uh, I don't know his name, but I saw his channel. It was one of those YouTube recommendations. And then I just w- end up watching his whole catalog of stuff. It's called uh, DIY Builds. And what really caught my eye was that uh, he's using Mastercraft tools. And then mm-hmm. I noticed, oh, he must be Canadian. And then I saw, oh, he's using uh, Cobalt tools <laughs> also, which also means that he's not from Quebec. So I know he's from Ontario or West. So I thought that was really, really cool. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> And he builds a bunch of like shop stuff. So like a miter saw station and uh, a whole bunch of stuff that I really am interested in right now because I'm building out my shop more and more. So check him out if that's the kind of thing that you're doing too. Sweet on next. I'll go next because uh, I plan on always going second in the future. Okay. <laughs> or just be open to change. Bravo. Bill, I hope you're I hope you're cool with the change of you being booted out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've been riding this uh, train for a while, Dave. <laughs> uh, so my pick is my my pick, this is not my first pick. You guys are, uh poo-pooed my first one and said we already talked about that. So I'm going with this channel called relaxshacks.com. And that's the name of the YouTube channel, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, it's this guy. He, uh, I think his name is Deke, and he builds tiny homes. And he has a show on some cable channel. I don't have cable, but I do have Netflix. And it was called Tiny Home Builder. And it was really cool to see like the thought process on building tiny homes because there's so many challenges involved and and how to fit all these things in a in a space and and how to simplify your life. And it turns out he has this YouTube channel show where it looks like he's he's building um, more tiny homes. And I haven't watched too many of the videos, so I can't really vouch for the quality. I've only watched a couple because I was put under the gun to find something really quick. But uh, check out RelaxShacks.com. It's about building tiny homes. I just got to say, I do like um, small, tiny homes. I think they're really cool. And if I had eight or nine of them, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll go next. Uh, uh, we've been watch- uh, uh, You guys have heard of Izzy Swan, I assume. Well, no. he he uh, he gave uh, a, somebody uh, a Shapeoko three to collaborate with and uh, make a video out of it. And uh, our friend, Mr. Jim Bashir's who is just starting a YouTube channel and kind of dipping his toes into that wet water, made a video um, about him putting this Shape Oko, Shape Oko 3 together. And it's not so much the brand of this thing. It's that he took a desktop CNC and he did some stop animation to actually make the video and how to put it together and talked about utilizing it and stuff. And, and I just like to always point out the, the little guy, even though the, that Swan character is mentioned as well. Uh, Jim Bashir's check out Jim Bashir's in his um, video of putting together this desk desktop CNC. And um, so that's my 
recommendational thing that I watched. Nice. Nice. I, um, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Garage Guy Pens first, and he does have one video up. He, uh, David, he made a pen like 10 times faster than you. <laughs> Way faster than me. Way faster. Um, and, uh, but Gar- Garage Guy Pens, he's also the, the guy who there's, I don't know if you saw the picture of the tailgate, the, the truck with the tailgate with both our, yes! both our podcasts on it, the makingapodcast.com and the reclaimedaudiopodcast.com stickers on oh, it. Yeah. That's so awesome. Yeah, he's, okay. By he's the way, a- guys, we need to get a making it podcast or a reclaimed audio podcast official sticker made because it looks like he's got a badass making it podcast sticker and then he went to Home Depot and bought a bunch of individual letters <laughs> and stuck them on there to make ours. I'm just saying, maybe hey. our website should hey, have we, something like I that. think he stenciled the making yeah, it podcast. So we got top there. billing is all I'm saying. <laughs> Mm. that's true <laughs> deservedly so <laughs> but um but uh garage guy pens um he gave uh because i mentioned a couple podcasts ago about how uh, sterling davis had given me uh, a pen blank to turn for vance to turn a pen then we went to the maker or i'm sorry the woodworking show in atlanta and vance actually got to turn a pen he loved it so i was like oh and but i had mentioned on the air that i didn't have the mandrel for my lathe and um so garage guy pens mailed me one now, not only did he mail me the mandrel, he said, he's like, oh, I got a spare. Give me your address. He also mailed me like a, like a five pack of pen inserts, as well as some blocks of wood that, you know, like pen blanks, mm. as well as the drill bit for drilling out the hole. And that little thing that I saw in your video, David, to kind of like level it out at the top, the, the sort of step drill bit almost, it kind of cleans the, the, the center. Out. Oh, yeah. Um, so he basically yeah. gave me everything you need to make pens. And, um, and he said that he's started he's an accomplished woodworker but he saw a six-year-old make a pen with his father on youtube and it got him hooked and so he wanted to pay it forward and he wants to see my son who's turning six this month make pens with me uh, which is beautiful so uh, i'm really excited about that i just wanted to thank him again richard is his name the garage guy pens for being such an awesome dude and uh my video i wanted to mention for the week besides garage guy pens video of uh of i think it was four minutes and 22 seconds which it would have been better if it was four minutes and 33 seconds to be the john cage song but uh <laughs> the the channel i wanted to plug is uh indiana woodtime jones uh the gentleman's name is aaron and he's another connecticutian i forget what town he's in but i met aaron at uh the mini maker fair i did in connecticut uh in the fall and uh super nice guy he has this beautiful shop and he makes really cool stuff including he's uh, among the makers who have made their own lathe out of you know plywood and and uh bearings and stuff uh, which is pretty interesting to see. And his latest video is just this mallet. It's just this ridiculous mallet. <laughs> it's it's totally cool. I mean, I know there's a couple mallet videos out there, but this is like kind of just ridiculous. It looks like it looks like a like a piece of like iron rebar coming at you or something, but it's all wood. And um, I don't I don't mean to correct you, but I think it's called a mallard. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a green headed mallard. A green headed right. mallard. That's right. Uh, that's my New England accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> some people know what i'm talking uh, yeah. about david at least one guy on our podcast listens to yours i promise <laughs> <laughs> yes a mallard um so yeah this uh that's my other my other one is uh indiana woodtime jones aaron he makes cool stuff and his shop is beautiful check it out you're gonna be jealous awesome okay um our channels on instagram and twitter i'm at phil pinsky youtube i am jake and emmy's dad uh tim you want to plug your stuff yeah hang on i gotta i want to i'm gonna figure out my snapchat (laughs) because i have one i don't even know where the app is uh i'm tim sway i'm sure but who knows uh i'm gonna i'm gonna start snapchatting because david told me to change (laughs) yes but i'm sure people can search within snapchat for you right yeah just yeah it's like tim sway or something to that effect so i'm gonna try and use that it'll be funny to see if people actually like all of a sudden start subscribing to me uh, David's waving at you. Hi guys. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Casey. Hi. <laughs> Good seeing you. Tim and Phil. Definitely recording. That's out. So that's all I'm plugging is my Snapchat, even though I never use it. Cool. Dave, do you want to plug? Yes, yeah, so you can find me at makesomething.tv that has links to everything, my YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything except Snapchat, <laughs> which I'm going to try to get up uh, there shortly. So Say hi to Kelly for awesome. me. 
Oh, I will. <laughs> Casey is awesome. I just want to plug my wife. I mean, the fact that she's cool. Whoa. Dude, we're trying to keep this family friendly. The fact that she's amazing, I just that's the only thing it's that I'm doing that's worthwhile. Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> Reclaimed audio. That's where you can find me for right now. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Oh, Lutz. So, Guys, get on iTunes. Leave us a review. We'd really, really appreciate your support in uh, in getting more people listening to our podcast so that we can afford awesome guests like David Picciuto. Uh, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. Uh, we'd really appreciate your support. It's really uh, something to get this this podcast up and going, and we could really use your, your help in doing that. want to thank our guest, David Picciuto. Thank you so much. That was fun. I'm, thanks for having me. I had a good time. Awesome. All right, guys. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Be good. Be good. Be kind.